0: This morning, I just want to take a few moments to talk about new life. Because that's what this is all about right here in front of you. As Gail gets baptised today, she's demonstrating her new life in Christ. And in just a short while, we're going to witness that and hear Gail's story about how she's come to trust in God. And why she's made this decision to be baptised. One of the things I've discovered about Gail over the last few months is that she's very inquisitive. Where is she? There she is over there. (laughs) Gail likes to ask a lot of questions and I think that's a really helpful approach to take. She likes to know and understand things as she goes along and before she commits to things. I find that a very helpful approach and I think it's an approach we can all adopt ourselves in terms of discovering who God is and and what he means for us today. And as Gail's gone on that process, she's discovered that this God of the universe also wants to know her and have a relationship with her, and that's what she's entered into. And as she gets baptized, that's what she's declaring. As she's baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, she's saying to God, And us today, she's part of his family. And God is saying to Gail, I love you. You're my daughter. I came to save you. And I want to fill you to overflowing with my Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to witness shortly. There's a guy in the Bible who, very much like Gail, he was very inquisitive and wanted to understand. His name was Nicodemus. And he was a religious leader of that time. He was a Jewish Pharisee. Many of his contemporaries didn't accept what Jesus was saying. They viewed him as a threat. They didn't like what he was saying and doing, so they opposed him. But not all Pharisees were like this. And Nicodemus was someone who wanted to know more. He could see that there was something in this man and the things he did and the things he said that made him want to find out more. And so under the cover of darkness, one night he went to see Jesus and ask him some questions. So we're just going to take a few moments now to read that story. It's found in John's Gospel in the New Testament in chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. We'll stop there for a moment. Basically, by going to Jesus like this, Nicodemus was saying to him, tell me more. I want to know more about who you are and what you're doing and where you come from. And Jesus says, okay, I'll tell you. And that's a great approach for us as well. Perhaps you're here and it may all seem a little bit strange for you today as you witness this and hear different things and hear the songs. But I would suggest a good approach for you today as you come and join us and listen to Gail and watch her baptism is simply to take this, tell me more, and use it as a prayer. A prayer to God and say to him today, I want to know more about what's going on here. Tell me more about who you are, Jesus Christ, and what you have to do with me. That's what Nicodemus said. And so Jesus explained to him that unless he puts his trust in Christ himself, he can't understand what Jesus is talking about. Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. That was his favorite title for himself. He was one of us. He was a human being, exactly like us in every way. But here he is also saying, I'm also the Son of God, and I'm from heaven. And actually, I'm the only one who can explain to you what God's kingdom is like. I'm the only one who can tell you what God the Father is like. We hear all sorts of descriptions About who God is. He's an angry God and he's got a big long white beard and he sits in a cloud and he's very remote from us and he's not interested. But Jesus came to say, No, that's not who God is at all. And if you look at me, you'll see what God the Father is like. Because everything I do and say, I hear from my Father and do from instruction from my Father. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father in human form. And so when we look at Jesus and when Nicodemus looked at Jesus and saw the miracles and listened to his amazing teaching, what Nicodemus was watching and listening to was God the Father at work in our world, bringing the kingdom of heaven down to bear on the kingdom of earth. Isn't that what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer together? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus was there. And that's what Jesus' coming means for Gail as well. As she puts her trust in him, she is putting her trust also in God, her Father, who loved her so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world to die on her behalf so that she might have everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? And that's what we're going to witness today. And when Gail is baptized, she's baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God the Father looks down on this act today and says to Gail, you're my daughter. I love you. And we can never be separated again. And I'm delighted at what you're doing today. And I'm delighted that you've decided to follow my son, Jesus. So let's use that Introduction to Jesus, that prayer to Jesus, and say, Tell me more. Show me how I can be in relationship with God my Father. The conversation goes on and Nicodemus asks another question. How can anyone be born who's already been born and grown up? You can't re enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said you're not listening. Let me say it again, unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving, the visible, a baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. When we come to Jesus, he shows us how to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. It shows us how to be, as he puts it, born again or born from above. One of the great tragedies of our modern culture is the kind of separation that we have from the physical and the spiritual. We've pulled these two things apart, two things that were never meant to be separated because the physical and the spiritual go together. We've got ourselves to a point where we will only believe things that we can see with our own eyes and touch with our own hands and reason out with our own minds. And now when there's nothing wrong with that, life is much more than that as well. Life is also a mystery, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about God's Holy Spirit and how we can see the Holy Spirit's effect, but we can't see him and touch him. But nevertheless, he makes a difference. He's made a difference in Gail's life. He's transforming her life from the inside out. You can't touch that, but you can see it in the way she lives her life. There was another guy recently, an atheist scientist called Francis Collins, one of the top biologists, and he was the leader of the International Human Genome Project. The project that mapped out the DNA of mankind, which was completed a number of years ago. And he led that activity. And earlier in his life, as a biologist, he didn't believe in God. But as he looked more and more and more into the intricacy of life and how complex it was, he came to the conclusion that this was the text of human life as written by God. And so he he wrote a book called The Language of God. Describing what DNA actually is. As he looked at it in its most minute form, he saw the fingerprints of God all over this text, and he came to the conclusion that this indeed was given to us by God. A picture of life in all its fullness and the, the most micro detail that we can find it was given to us by God. Here's what he says For me, the experience of sequencing the human genome and uncovering this remarkable of all texts was both a stunning scientific achievement and an occasion of worship. Do you see what he's saying there? It's not just a physical scientific testing thing in a test tube or under a microscope or with mathematical deduction. It's also a spiritual thing as well. And as he got to that stage where the the whole of human life was mapped out, and we are now able to start looking at all sorts of diseases and curing them, which we couldn't do before. All by doing this, he recognized that it wasn't just a human achievement, it was a gift from God and something he should worship God for. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus here. Life's not just about the physical. It's not just about what you can see and touch and you personally can understand. It's also about receiving revelation from God by His Holy Spirit and being able to see what we otherwise couldn't see unless God comes into our lives and speaks His Word to us. And so just as human DNA is a text from God, God's Word, the Bible is also a text that's his word to us today. And when we turn to it and when we read it and ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us to understand it and to work it into our lives, something miraculous happens that we just can't explain. And Jesus says, it's okay, you don't need to completely understand that. All you need to do is pray that ancient prayer that the church of Jesus Christ has been praying for centuries. Come, Holy Spirit, and reveal to me what you are doing in my life and what you want to do through my life. And a wonderful thing happens then, just like it happened for Francis Collins and just like it also happened for Nicodemus. All of a sudden, we can suddenly see that our life has much more significance than we could ever have thought or have imagined. All of a sudden, the things that we are good at, we realize God's gifted and equipped us to be good at these things and that we can take them and use them as an act of worship. Whatever that is, whether it's painting like this one or Ruth's paintings, or whether it's ordinary things like administration or joinery, all of these things are are gifts from God that we can take and use for his glory as well as our fulfillment. And that's what happens when we pray the prayer, come Holy Spirit. Transform my life. Show me how you want to live my life for you. So Nicodemus then asks another question. He says, what do you mean by this? How does this happen? Jesus said, you're a respected teacher of Israel, and you don't know these basics. Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I've seen with my own eyes. There's nothing second-hand here. No hearsay. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things you can't see? The things of God. No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert, so people can have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. And everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expecting, will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his Son, his one and only Son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. And anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Jesus says to Nicodemus, You need to believe in me. You need to put your trust in me. And Jesus at this point is pointing forward towards the cross the journey he would take to take on all the things that mankind has done wrong and all the things that are wrong in our world. We believe that Jesus took those things on the cross and by standing before the cross ourselves and saying, I believe in you, Jesus, I believe you not only gave your life for this world, but you also gave your life for me so that I might know God, my Father, and that I might be filled with, With the Spirit, I believe you did that for me, Lord Jesus. At that point, God's Spirit comes to live within us and transforms us from the inside out. That's why Jesus came. He came to go to the cross. And and that's why when Gail is baptized, she goes right under the water and then she comes right back up again. She's demonstrating what's happened in her life and what Jesus has done On her behalf, and she's associating herself with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 6 This is what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus, and when we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. That's what new life is all about. It's not about trying harder to be good. It's about receiving Jesus into our lives by his Holy Spirit so that he can make us good as we trust him and love him. And in just a few moments, Gail is going to stand up here and explain what that means for her today. And as we witness this baptism, God our Father says to each of us today, I love you with a passion. I love you more than you can ever imagine. And God's Holy Spirit says to us today, I want to come into your life and change it for the better. To bring the life of heaven into your life here on earth so that you can walk the Jesus way in your life. And Jesus the Saviour says, I am your Lord now. Follow me and I will make you into the person you have always meant to be by God, my Father. Shall we just take a moment to pray? Thanks. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you that You sent your Son to show us who you are and what you look like and how much you love us. Thank you, Lord God, for sending Jesus. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came and lived your life and demonstrated what a human being should look like and live like. And thank you that you went to the cross on our behalf to bring us back into relationship with God to bring that reconciliation with God that we all need thank you father God that you've done that through your son the Lord Jesus and we pray today come Holy Spirit as Gail is baptized we pray your blessing on her we pray that you'll fill her life to overflowing and show us what we mean to you as well father God speak to our lives today for we ask it in your name amen Why are you getting baptised today? I feel like
1: my life has changed for the better since we started coming here. It was very much for the the love of my baby daughter Sarah that I started to come. And through Jen's support and other people that I know that come here, we started to come more and more. And then I learnt that this wasn't just about them, it was all about me too. And I think over the last couple of years especially, They have shown me how much love there is in the world and how much I have to give and share. And the love that comes to me from Jesus Christ that I can give to everybody that I know has just been amazing. And I just feel like the little things that used to bug me, like, you know, I don't know, the cake burnt in the oven or something really silly like that. It's not about that. It's about everything. It's about the bigger picture. And just to share that with so many people here and to be so supported by the love that they have given me and the voice of Jesus Christ showing me the way forward through these difficult times. It's got my whole family just through the most troublesome times and we've come out the other side so strong. And I I don't know, I just feel like every day there's another opportunity to share the love from Jesus to other people and to my family. And I come here on a Sunday morning and I see through even my littlest when he was not able to talk, the calm effect. And I am absolutely convinced that he can feel the presence of God when he's in this building. He's a nightmare to go, as everybody will testify. (laughs) I mean, he'll run in, but getting him out is like, And if he misses the worship songs, then forget it. You've no chance. (laughs) And I just think if he can feel it, I feel like we all can feel it. And just to be given that amazing opportunity to show everybody how much God and Jesus have done for me and my family is just fantastic.
0: Mm. Well said. So it sounds like Jesus is making a difference, Gail. (laughs) And it's lovely to hear just how you've come as a family together. Would you say that's how your journey's been with Joe and Sarah together? Yeah, 100%. Sarah really
1: struggled with her granddad being ill. And Jesus just showed her the way and showed me through his words in the Bible how to cope and how to lead Sarah forwards. And I know that Jen and Bob and everybody else have been so supportive and I've had so much support to me as well. And just, yeah, I just feel like he's been with me on this journey. Even this week when I had what I thought was a terrible day at work. And then I came in here on Wednesday night. And I saw another light shine upon me. And show me the way forward yet again. And even this morning. When I packed my bag and this little voice said, put in an extra towel. And I got here and Ruth went, I forgot to pack a towel. And I was like, it's okay. Because somebody told me to pack you one. So all week. I've had this little guiding light of God, and he's not let me down.
0: Sounds like you're talking about wisdom. God's given you wisdom for your life, but also speaking into the detail of your life.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just amazing. It's hard to explain. I just feel like I, see, I quite often see a light shining on something, and that is the way that he's telling me to go oh, there's like a little niggle, and it's listening to that little niggle, because I think that's Jesus' little niggle going, just take a second, just breathe and listen to what I'm telling you. And yeah, so his wisdom comes into everything that I do now, and yeah, it just makes our lives easy, and just fills us with his love, even in the dark times. And I just can't thank him enough, and everybody here.
0: Okay, thanks, Gail. We're, we're going to have the baptism now, so we'll just get in the tank now, thanks. Okay, That seems to get higher every time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just getting older. <laughs> okay, well, we've had people praying and seeking God on Gail's behalf, and uh, the first one of those is, is Sarah, her daughter, and she's going to uh, share a Bible verse now. Thanks.
2: Joshua 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Well done.
3: (laughs) So Gail, the verse that I've chosen for you is from Luke 6, verse 47 to 48 where Jesus said, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. And Gail, I just felt that as you've come to church and to life group and children's groups you've as glenn said asked lots of questions you've been digging deep into the bible and you've been building firm foundations on the rock who is christ who is your savior and your lord and i believe that as you continue to build your life on him god will make your faith a place of shelter and security for your family and for those around you who god brings across your path so let's pray Lord, we just thank you for bringing Gail to this church and bringing her on this journey of faith to the point today, Lord, where she's ready to declare to her family and her friends and to her church how much you love her. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to help her to dig deep, to seek after you in all that she does, that you would strengthen and encourage her to stand strong through all the challenges that may lie ahead. And Lord, we thank you so much for Sarah and for Joelle, for their simple steps of childlike faith. And Lord, we thank you for those that have come today to witness her baptism. And we pray, Lord, that you would just spread your love amongst them, that they would see your love and grace today through Gail's baptism. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: I've done your picture. So it's the waters of baptism, but it's also God's deep love for you. And through that deep love, he's just sort of inviting you to go deeper and deeper. You know, his love is never-ending, and you will never get to the bottom of it, and it's amazing. And through that, you'll have love, healing, and joy. And also, Zephaniah 3, verse 17, is one for you as well. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So yeah, he's well and truly here with you now, and you know that, and he truly takes great delight in you. He's so proud of you, and he'll quiet you with his love, which he just gives so much peace, and I know you know that. And he is rejoicing over you with singing, I just had a picture of him just dancing around this baptismal pool, so happy that you're getting baptised, and he just thinks you're amazing, and you are amazing.
0: Gail, as I was praying for you uh, this morning... I just sensed God saying to you today, this is just the beginning and there's so much more for you to discover. So keep being inquisitive, keep your help plates on and keep seeking God and rooting yourself in this church. You know, with your life group and on Sundays and with Rachel, your mentor, just keep trusting in God and learning from him. And as Sarah's just read to us, be strong and courageous. And the verse from uh, Rachel was about building your house, your life on the rock, and God will bless you. So, Gail, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Upon confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we now baptize you, Gail, in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. Amen.
2: Thank you Lord Jesus for Gail. Thank you for bringing her to this point and thank you for all you're going to do with her now. From this day onwards she's just going to do so many things that is going to surprise her because you are well and truly in her life and she's made this stand for you in front of everyone. I pray you'll just fill her with your Holy Spirit to absolute overflowing so she would shine your glory, your love and she'll just experience such peace and healing. Amen.